Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We've all felt it. The cost of living crisis is kicking in, with bills shooting up, and inflation soaring. For some households, that means having to make a choice between heating and eating. And for millions of children, that means coming to school hungry. It's really hard because like our tummy rumbles and it kind of like hurts our stomach a bit. Yeah, I sometimes get that feeling. Like, we feel very, like, hungry and tired. Despite being the sixth largest economy in the world, the UK still has some of the highest rates of food poverty in Europe. I find it quite staggering and hard to get my head around how many children in this country live in poverty. There's about 4.3 million children, which is a huge, a huge number. It's almost a third of all children. One charity is trying to provide food for hungry children at schools across the country, one breakfast club at a time. But they need your help. If we lose the support of Magic Breakfast, there is only so far a school budget will stretch while remembering the mainstay is teaching and learning. Today, we'll find out how a breakfast club can transform a school. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from the Times and Sunday Times. Today, Magic Breakfast. We're in the school hall for the Bluegate Fields Junior School in Shadwell. It's particularly sparkly at the moment. Lots of Christmas lights and a Christmas tree at the top. There are some trestle tables set out with plastic tablecloths and it's slowly filling up with children. Today's a Friday so their parents are allowed to come to Breakfast Club too. And all along the tables you can see boxes of cereal, milk, bagels and the smell of toast just cooking in the background. Jam toast, jam bagels, plain bagels, plain toast and beans. One jam bagel. 
Good morning, Ruby. Good morning, Katie. May I please have one butter bagel? Just one? Thank you. Morning. Morning. Tell me your name. My name is Elaya and Breakfast Club's cool and amazing because you can have breakfast, toast, bagel and cereals and when uh, you want to go outside you can but basically Breakfast Club starts at 8 o'clock and if your mum needs to go work they can drop you off here and at Friday um, your parents can come with you at Breakfast Club and basically your parents can have anything they want they can also have tea sometimes it's really hard for you to come here with your parents because you might not want to come here Why would you not want to come here? Because first of all, you might be tired, sleepy. Second of all, um, you might not feel well. Third of all, you might just want to have a break of breakfast club and you just want to come school and just skip a day off breakfast club. Do you ever do that? No, because I love breakfast club. I always come breakfast club. Your mum's here today because it's a Friday. How much does she like coming? 100% because she always um, tells me and my brother to uh, get breakfast so that we don't feel dizzy and we don't get on with our work. What's your favourite breakfast here? Um, cereal. Sometimes toast and bagels. Alaya and her friends are able to start the day with a meal thanks to Magic Breakfast, one of the three charities supported by this year's Times and Sunday Times Christmas Appeal. The charity works with schools to establish breakfast clubs and supplies the food to keep them going. Watching over the club when I visited was Joanna Bates, the deputy head, who told me a bit about the school. So we're in Shadwell in East London. We're tucked between Canary Wharf and the city. We're a three formentary junior school serving the local community who are predominantly Bangladeshi, although we have children from many other backgrounds in school too. It's a very conservative Muslim community. We have children here from big families. We've taught brothers, sisters. We've even taught mums and dads that we still see bringing their own children here. How much of a difference does the Magic Breakfast Club make? I think it makes a huge difference. Lots of our children come from quite large families and it's expensive to feed your children and certainly becoming more expensive to do that. So the support that we can give families, we're really happy to be able to do that with the help of Magic Breakfast. The children that are coming to the Breakfast Club are getting a really healthy nutritious breakfast in a great environment where they can be relaxed and happy it might be the first calm point of their day what's your name emily nice to meet you emily what's your favorite bit my favorite bit is having breakfast of course and then playing with my friends because sometimes at home my sisters have to get ready to go to school and like sometimes i don't really have time to eat breakfast and if you don't come to Breakfast Club and you, know, you said you don't get time for breakfast at home, how hard is that during the day? It's kind of hard because it's basically the most important meal of the day and if we don't have breakfast, we can't concentrate while we study. How do you feel when you haven't had breakfast? Like We feel very like hungry and tired and like we can't like focus a lot. And um, 
it's really hard because like our tummy rumbles and it kind of like hurts our stomach a bit yeah I sometimes get that feeling Do you worry that without this breakfast club, I mean, would they be coming to school hungry? Certainly, some of them would be. Yes, absolutely. Um, Even with the breakfast club, some children are coming to school hungry. We do our best to catch everybody and spread the net far and wide with breakfast in the playground and staff that are incredibly skilled at spotting hunger in children. Tell me about that. When you say staff have become quite used to spotting children who are hungry... You know, what are the signs? How, how can they tell? We can tell in children's behaviour. So a child that hasn't had breakfast finds it very hard to settle to their learning. They're distracted. They might be uncomfortable in the classroom, bad-tempered. And that not only has an impact on their own individual learning but it can also have an impact on the rest of the class so even those children that may have come to school having had a breakfast their learning is impacted by children who haven't had a breakfast so that's really really important we also think that breakfast club is it gets children to school on time so a child that's come to school on time has had a chance to settle into the school day in a calm way with their friends that then also that helps them with their learning What are your names? I'm Heba. I'm Ruby. And do you enjoy Breakfast Club? Yeah, I do. How much of a difference does it make to you coming here? It's made a big difference because my mum goes to work every morning and I don't get to eat breakfast at home, so I could come here and eat breakfast. And does that sort of set you up for the day? Yeah. <laughs> What's your favourite breakfast? Um, probably just a butter bagel. Good choice. Is it quite hard if you don't come... You know, does that make a difference to your day? Yeah, it does. Breakfast gives me energy because that's why people say it's the most important meal of the day. And do you enjoy coming here? Yeah, I enjoy coming here because I can play with all my friends and eat breakfast. My name's Sean and I'm the head teacher at Bluegate Fields Junior School. Financially, how difficult do you think the parents are finding it at the moment? From the number of parents we've had in to speak to us, they are finding it very, very different. We are in the lowest socioeconomic group according to the latest data. A lot of our families are multi-generation, so where mum or dad may be working, they also may be supporting grandparents, they may be supporting children and we've had a large number of parents come into school to say it is now a choice between heating, rent and food whereas it used to be a choice between rent and food and now it's heating as well and their finances are stretched to the limit which in itself leads to lots of other issues that can happen at home because when there's tension over finances that can lead to disharmony in the home so anything we can do to alleviate the constraints upon the family we will do. We're a community school. We believe that we have to care and hold the whole community, not just the child, because everything outside school impacts on the child and we can't negate that. How long have you had a breakfast club here and and what for you? I mean, what was the need? What made that come along? 
we've had a breakfast club here f- since before I became the head teacher. And the initial reason we had a breakfast club was to improve attendance and improve punctuality. Many of our children were coming to school late. Some of our children weren't coming to school at all. And one of the reasons that was cited was because the children are taking too long to get ready. So if we could remove that and have the breakfast club in school, that's what we did. And to begin with, it was just for half an hour in the morning. And then we've expanded it and expanded it as the need has grown within the families. I was quite moved just now talking to some of these pupils because of their descriptions of what it's like to be hungry. You know, it's clearly something they've felt. Is there a sense that things are getting worse for the families around here? Absolutely. Absolutely getting much, much, much worse for the families around here for lots of different reasons. We saw the first impact when the benefit system changed and that had an impact upon our families. And now with the cost of living crisis, that is having a huge impact on families that are already living very, very, very close to their means. And it's not only the families on the benefits that are suffering, it's the families that are just above being able to access the benefit system. They're the ones who are being hit particularly hard and that is an awful lot of our families. Every Friday you get the parents coming in too. How important is that? That's massively important to us, not just because we know we can provide a warm breakfast for those families who may need some extra support, but also it gives mums who are often trying to juggle many, many things at home and have a multifaceted life, time to sit down with the one or two children, or sometimes time to sit down with all the children and play a game with them, have some social interaction with them, develop their relationships, the children develop their social talk, the children develop their physical abilities, their mental health, and the mums are there to support that. And sometimes we have some dads in as well, which is absolutely lovely if they can make time in their lives. It makes such a difference to those children just to spend that bit of time with their families. Hello. Would you mind if I come and join you? Yes, you can. You're welcome. Hi. <laughs> are these your daughters? I mean, just one. And they are friends. Uh-huh. Tell me about Breakfast Club. Oh, I just love the Breakfast Club. We're just uh, coming here often. And Fridays now we can join the kids to socialize with their friends as well. It was really lovely time. It's really helpful also for the families in the morning, especially uh, in those crises, you know. I think the kids, they enjoy as well. They're just happy to come here. They always wake up, yes, I'm going to breakfast club. (laughs) Does it make a real difference to you knowing that they're getting a meal here? Yes, this is very big help during the month, really. It's very big help. And also, it's financially and as well, um, when you've got family life and uh, especially in London when we always overcrowd in the houses. We just have to make space also for the working parents. Like my husband works night shifts. Then for him to have morning quiet house is also very important. Yeah, I bet. Yes, that's why. Yes, I love really breakfast club. It's very helpful. Does it help financially in terms of just the food costs as well? Yes. It's very big uh, help, to be honest. I can really see it because I'm responsible for the budget and at my home. Then I can see it's really helpful, and my kids can just have warm meal here. 
That's how The Breakfast Club is transforming life at one school in East London. In a moment, we'll find out what it's like in the rest of the country. That's after a quick message from a colleague. I'm Aarti Nachipan. I'm the economics correspondent at The Times. We're going through a cost of living crisis and understanding economics is core to understanding what is going on and why. And I love my job because I get to make that accessible to people and bridge that gap. I can only do this thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times. Subscribe today by visiting thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My name's Nicola Woolcock. I'm the education editor at The Times. It means I write about anything and everything to do with education. So that can range from meeting teachers, interviewing politicians to interviewing toddlers. Which is more productive? Well, it's hard to say, really. <laughs> they, all, they both have interesting viewpoints. I know which I find more entertaining. <laughs> How long have you been covering education? On and off for about 15 years the number of changes of government, the number of changes of strategies, the number of things that have gone around and come around and been dropped and then brought back in again is absolutely staggering in that time. The policies do change and come and go in that period. But just tell us, during those 15 years of looking at education, what do we know about the number of children in poverty now and has that changed much? Very sadly the number of children in poverty seems to be higher than ever. I mean obviously there's always been a huge number of children. I find it quite staggering and hard to get my head around how many children in this country live in poverty. The latest figures from the Joseph Rowntree Foundation estimates there's about 4.3 million children living in poverty which is a huge, a huge number. It's almost a third 
of all children. The Joseph Rowntree Foundation, which carried out that research, is an independent, non-political charity. It was set up more than 100 years ago to investigate the root causes of poverty in the UK, and it's been carrying out detailed studies on the issue ever since. I don't have specific data from 15 years ago, but I was looking at their website and it said there was a similar number about 25 years ago about 31% of all children. And then it fell to 27% between 2010 and 2013 and then started to rise again. So even at the lowest in the last generation, it's been 27%. So that's still more than a quarter of children living in poverty. And now we're back up to almost a third. And in terms of the sort of poverty we're seeing now, when you're talking to schools, when mm. you're talking to parents, how much are you seeing it sort of impacting how schools run? I think what has changed in the last 15 years, there was always an acknowledgement for schools working in really deprived areas that you could not separate poverty from education, that you had to tackle this in the whole. What we're seeing now is more and more schools being confronted with that, even in supposedly very well-to-do areas. You're seeing more and more schools, as well as more children, affected by this. And also a greater awareness in schools and in society that you can't separate the two. You could technically say, well, it's not the school's job to do this, but ultimately the teachers are trying to do the best by the children. And so That includes ensuring that they can concentrate, that they can work, that they're not distressed, that they're not distracted. And if you're hungry, how can you concentrate? So it's something that I think is more widespread now, but there's also more widespread awareness. We've often heard about charities and government policies that are supposed to tackle the poverty that some pupils are in. Mm. How much has that been sort of accelerated recently in terms of the cost of living crisis. How much is the problem becoming bigger? And are there any policies that are beginning to combat it? There was a dedicated child poverty unit set up in 1999, but that was scrapped in 2016 under the David Cameron's Welfare Reform Act. There isn't an identical replacement. And the cost of living crisis is widely thought to have pushed the figures I gave you from the Joseph Rowntree Foundation. Those were from 2020. So I think it's inevitable that those figures will now be much higher. Obviously, inflation has seriously affected the purchasing power of families for groceries. Fuel costs are extremely worrying. One thing we hear of time and time again from heads and from teachers is this fear that families are having to choose between heating and eating or that parents are skipping meals so that children can eat. And the other thing is that I find really, really painfully sad is that some people have this attitude, oh, well, how much does it cost to give a child a piece of bread in the morning? Or they could have this, they could have that. But I think some of the schools you visit or the people you speak to, it might not necessarily be that the child has had nothing to eat, although many of them may have done, but it's not substantial. It's not enough to see them through, or they may have not had dinner the night before. So yes, you can give a child a piece of bread, but that's where it's a great leveler, because if every child has had a really substantial breakfast, 
then they're going to be able to concentrate. Just stepping back a bit, before the current crisis, Mm -hmm. we'd already seen there had been a problem with children not getting enough to eat. Talk us through free school meals. Just explain how they work and who qualifies. So the free school meal system, as you say, it's existed for decades. One good thing about it is schools have become much more sensitive to any potential stigma around it. So, you know, the days of a child on free school meals having to take a different coloured ticket up to the canteen or being singled out have long gone. It's done in a much more sympathetic way. The threshold is incredibly low. It does seem to vary from area to area, but basically if you have child tax credit or working tax credit and a taxable income of no more than £16,000, you will qualify. And then I think some other areas I've looked at, some other websites have said that household income must be less than 7400 a year. That's very low. If you're on income-related employment support and universal credit. So this is not just personal income, this is household income. So for those on the highest number of benefits, the amount of income that you must have to qualify is incredibly low. So that's why it makes it all the more shocking that so many people are entitled to free school meals. It really sort of gives you an an eye-opener into how much poverty there is out there. And because these thresholds are so low as well, there are people who are by no means well off, but who don't qualify. And those are the people that the heads and teachers I talk to say it's really hard to help And just talk us through what it's like for those people, you know, the ones who are on the threshold, who are probably struggling in many parts of their lives and and they're still having to pay for for school meals. How much do they cost now if you're having to pay for a child for a week? Well, a free school meal is around £2 to £2.50 a day, depending on what part of the country you're in. So that's £10 a week in term time. And then if you have two or three children, that's £20 or £30 a week. It really does add up. It is significant, yeah. I mean, obviously, people don't have to take up school meals, and and that's where you see a lot of people with packed lunches. And again, you hear some really harrowing stories from teachers about the sort of things that children bring in, you know, leftover takeaway meals, cold burgers, cold chips, crisps, chocolate, things that may be stodgy and filling but aren't nutritious. And again, this is where schools struggle, because I, I don't even remember, but in the hoo-ha about 10 years ago over Jamie Oliver's criticism of the nutritional standards of school meals. Look at us, we're in a beautiful room surrounded by beautiful children, innocent, pure. Their bodies and their bones are growing up, most important time of their life, and we're being fed this. It's not right. There was a real crackdown on unhealthy eating at school, so school meals were supposed to become more nutritious, and a lot of schools became quite stringent about what people could bring in as well. You know, there were tales of children having chocolate bars confiscated and notes sent home to parents in lunch boxes, scolding them for their lunches not being healthy enough. Well, I'm just not sure 
if that is happening anymore. Because, I mean, at the moment, with the current cost of living crisis, I just can't imagine that that many schools would be in a privileged enough position to be able to say that to parents, you know, who are struggling to put food on the table or in the lunchbox. Talk us through sort of the big political picture around all of this, because for a while the coalition government Mm. did make free school meals available to all key stage one children. Mm. Is there any possibility that something like that might come along again, given the sort of circumstances we're seeing? Well, this week there has been a launch of a coalition who are backing a, a new bill that's being brought forward by the Labour MP Zara Sultana. My bill would extend free school meals to all primary school children, guaranteeing that they get a good, healthy meal each day. And Madam Deputy Speaker, the arguments in its favour are overwhelming. And this would extend free school meals to all primary school children, not just those in reception year one and year two. This has been given extra sort of impetus by the recent Sutton Trust report, which showed a surge in hunger in schools. And those backing it include Sadiq Khan, the Mayor of London, MPs from across various parties, and people like Gary Lineker and Andy Burnham, fan-supporting food banks, the British Medical Association and the National Education Union, and various councils. Whether it will have any effect, I don't know. There has been discussion on and off about this. People have welcomed the the fact that children in the infants, so four, five and six and up to seven-year-olds get free school meals and that's worked well. But I don't know if that will ever be extended, but there's certainly a, a will to do it. Westminster City Council earlier this month said that they would extend free school meals to all children in state primaries. So it would be interesting to see whether other councils follow and whether this gains momentum. In the meantime, how important is the work being done by charities like Magic Breakfast? Well, it really is filling a gap. It's one of those things that if they didn't do it, then either schools would have to do it or it wouldn't get done. If it wasn't for Magic Breakfast, if it wasn't for the charity, would you still be able to run this breakfast club now? With great difficulty, and we certainly wouldn't be able to have the provision that we have now. If we lose the support of Magic Breakfast, or if we don't get the food through Magic Breakfast, there is only so far a school budget will stretch, while remembering the mainstay is teaching and learning. But lots of the children wouldn't be able to learn effectively without the Breakfast Club, and therefore that would affect their achievement in school when they're in a primary school which means they go to secondary school with delayed achievement which means they may never catch up which then affects their whole life chances so it's not just breakfast for a seven-year-old child it's a breakfast for the rest of their life and that's what's really really important you've been listening to stories of our times a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of the times and the sunday times with me, Manveen Rana, and my guests, The Times Education Editor, Nicola Woolcock, and the teachers, pupils and parents at Bluegate Fields Junior School in Shadwell. I know times are tough, but anything you can give would make a real difference to a child. 
just £10 could provide them with two months of breakfasts. £25 could feed a whole classroom for three days. And £55 could give a child a whole year of nutritious school breakfasts. You can find out more about The Times and The Sunday Times Christmas Appeal and how to donate at thetimes.co.uk forward slash Christmas Appeal. The producer today was Edward Drummond. The executive producer is Kate Ford and sound design was by David Crackles. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.